Um, you clocked. Yeah, I already clocked. Uh, do you have anything you want to start with, or can I just go? Let's just go because it's like more of a series. I know. I don't know if, how long it's going to take. That's the thing. So hour and a half. Um, you think so? Yeah, it'll be an hour. Oh, maybe an hour. Some of these, some of these might be long. Yeah, which would be good. I kind of like it. Yeah. I like the long ones. And I said three-hour podcast. Yeah. I like those. Uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start a, a parenting through sports series. So we sat a few weeks ago and kind of mapped out a few different series that we're gonna do. So we'll see when we get to all of them. But this one is kind of a parenting through sports thing, obviously, because it's a uh, popular topic for many of you listeners out there. So uh, what we did is we kind of broke this up. It'll probably be like about six episodes, I believe. We said six. Yeah, I think it's about six. I'll read the titles to you guys so you have an idea of what's to come. Yeah. So today we're kind of gonna, gonna, today we're kind of going to go over kind of the outline of why we're going to do the series. Um, and introduce some of the topics we're going to talk about. Um, and these are the titles of the other ones. So episode two is going to be The Pressures of Parenting. Episode three is What is Age Appropriate? Episode four is going to cover coaching. Five is Training and Skill Development. And six is Supporting and Communicating. So those are going to be our episodes. And within that, obviously, we're going to try to cover basically everything parenting. I would think. I would think we should be able to get it all in those. And uh, hopefully you guys find that very helpful. Um, so before we do that, I had... The reason I think this is good, let's say that, is because parents of young kids come in all the time and they talk about things we've said on the podcast that has, have been very helpful for them. Yeah. And it's things that you and I take for granted quite a bit. Because we feel like it's common sense or we feel like it's not that hard to figure out. Um, but that's coming from experience, right? We've been through a lot of different situations, you more than I have. Um, so I don't know if maybe you want to talk about it a little bit before we get into the into the actual meat of it. Or do you want to just get going right into it? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to throw an example out. And as you said, um, it's something that hits home to a lot of the parents. And, you know, and, and the, the point of this thing is to... As we said before, like, why do we do this podcast? It's for players, parents, and coaches to help them get through, like, maybe some of the craziness or just issues that come up. So when we talk about the parent side, I think it's really important that we talk about the parenting side because the parents, and I'm, when I say parents can go a little loopy, I'm not excluding myself, right? right? Yep. Now, I, I have the ability to recognize when maybe I'm like a little pushy or a little where I want it sometimes a little bit more than my kid did only simply because I've lived life. And again, not to talk about me too much, but I have a unique vantage point of um, hockey players or sports in general, but specifically hockey because of being a player, being a coach, being a trainer and being a parent of a kid that plays high level hockey and, and kids that played high level sports. So it's a, it's a unique vantage point where when you're raising kids in the sport can avoid mistakes or maybe I don't even want to say avoid mistakes, but you can maybe catch yourself and say, Oh, maybe I can just, maybe this is unreasonable. So I think that's really, really important. So for example, as just before we started the podcast, I was talking about a customer we had last night. So the OHL draft just happened three days ago. And like always, 
parents don't prepare their kids properly for what is about to happen. Now, you take your top five, ten guys that are rated, and they're typically going to get drafted in the top 20, okay, because things can change based on teams' needs. And then after that, you never know. <laughs> so this guy came in last night, and the first thing he said, and he's Mr. Negative, and he comes in and he goes, can't believe that draft. Kind of, And he went through all these players, and I said, stop, stop, stop. And I said it like that. My kid was with me. I said, stop. I said, I have told you over and over and over, but you refuse to listen. And now you're sitting here. And I feel bad for his son, who's a great kid, and uh, he didn't get drafted. So, of course, I feel like every kid wants to get drafted. But the reality is it's very, very difficult to be drafted. So, anyways, he was talking about how it's a bunch of crap, how some of these kids got drafted. And then he went on to and just all the, the political stuff and all the stuff that goes with it. And, and then he said he was on the phone all day with guys from other cities talking about that guy shouldn't have been that drafted and this guy shouldn't have been drafted. And, and that's a, a connection, a family connection. And it's like, man, so you spent the last couple of days talking about it now? Like, who's the person with the problem? Is it the kid? Because I guarantee the kid can move on. And probably has more common sense than dad does. But it just goes to show you the the level of of desire for the dad, for one, his kid to succeed. And his actions over the last five, eight, five or seven years has, has been the same. And, and it, it comes up to a big disappointment. Not that that's going to be for everybody, but it's like if you don't have your head screwed on stri- straight and do certain things and act certain ways, then it's a world of hurt or disappointment or frustration, or you become just angry and you can't keep reality. Yeah. Right. You can't keep things real. Right. So anyways, that's, that's my little first little part of that. Yeah. Cause that's why I think this will be nice because we're going to kind of pack everything into these six episodes best we can. I feel like we're going to hit everything and you guys can always come back to whichever things were most relevant because we should basically hit everything. That's that, um, will kind of help prepare you for every, kind of everything you just said as a parent. So you're not running into that situation where you're that guy or that mom or whatever. And same with me. Like I was, I've been talking to some parents and, and I don't, this is the thing is like, it's, you're not a bad person. Like, or you're not a bad parent if your kid isn't re- ready for the hockey world because you didn't play or you didn't, you don't know. So it's not that you're not a good parent. It's just to help you try to prepare your kids. Cause I, ha- I had a few conversations with parents saying how, you know, the kids were devastated and they're talking about how I thought I was a pretty good player, but I guess no one else thinks so. And being really upset the way a kid would like, that's exactly what would happen. But there are things you can do and there's a reality to what's going on that you can help to prepare the kid for these things. And it's just another blip. It's just another thing that happens. And there's another day tomorrow just because kid, most of the kids that get drafted are never going to play in the OHL anyways. So it's there's these things that you can do as parents and all with, with respect to everything, like I, those topics that I listed earlier, it's like you can do things in all these different domains to help prepare your kids because that's ultimately what it's what it's about, right? It's about the kid. And that's what I think kind of the next the next thing I wanted to, we, we, normally we, we were going to touch on is um, kind of what is the point, going back to that thing of what is the point of sports? Like what is the point of playing sports? And from the parenting perspective, it's what do you want out of sports for your kid? And that's that's kind of what should be, centering all of your decision making when kids are going through whatever sport it doesn't have to be hockey or, or whatever activity it doesn't even have to be a sport yeah. so it's what do you want for the yeah. kid you know yeah. well just a side note to everything we just said 
I guess this is a this is a way to look at it in a way too. Is when that person was here last night and he was complaining and he was, you know, cutting up other a couple other kids that got drafted and explaining that he's been on the phone for the last couple of days going over this. This is like the the, the important question is is you're, he's doing it all the time and that's his talk. So what is his son seeing? That's the talk. So you're talking, your son, you're raising your son to grow up, to listen to everything is bullshit. Nothing's really earned. If someone else succeeds, then you need to be jealous and vindictive. That's what he's hearing, right? That's what he's hearing. So you do that for five years and there are years where, where you're molding a child and you're, you know, so, so are you teaching the other side? You know what I mean? So that's that's the part where I sit there and I go like the poor kid. He's got to listen to dad losing his marbles because he's he didn't for some reason get drafted. Well, the reason's a reason. Twenty teams didn't feel like he was ready to. They were ready to take a chance on, you know, for fifteen rounds. So there's a it's it's a hockey reason most likely. Or maybe and maybe it was the dad reason because that guy sticks out like a sore thumb, right? So, so it, it almost these teach them. There's you don't take responsibility, you cut throats, and you, and everything is uh, is a pile of crap, and that's not the lesson I would want from my parents, or or I wouldn't want my kids looking at me like, okay, dad, it didn't work out because I got screwed, and everyone else got lucky, and it's all a game. You didn't know enough people. You didn't do all the right. You didn't make all the right moves when that's not the case. So that's that's one way. Well, I think this is important that we look at it like when when you're making these decisions, having these discussions, how you behave as an adult, as a parent, is uh, is uh, going to come straight to the kid. The kid's going to look at that and say, okay, I got screwed. That's a way, great way to live through life. Yeah. Right? Instead of battle back. And you, you can see this in the way kids talk, too. You can tell, like, who's, whose parents are saying what. Like, I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a kid who he was drafted a few years ago. and um, he would be going into camp again this year. But he said that the team hadn't talked to him. And he had a good year this year in junior, but he still hadn't heard from his OHL team. So he was a little bit sour about it when he was telling me. He was he was like, yeah, like this is kind of bullshit. Like they haven't said anything to me, so I don't even know if I'm going to go to camp. And I said to him, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, of course you're going to go to camp. What do they owe you? They don't owe you nothing. Just because you had a good year? They don't owe you one thing, man. You got your opportunity because you got drafted. You're on the radar. It's like now it's up to you. It's not up. To, they don't owe you one thing. And you get people that have these kind of conversations with their kids. And I don't know what this kid's dad is like. So I'm not saying that this kid's dad is necessarily the issue. But right away, his his default mode was to go to, well, this is bullshit. Like why haven't why haven't these guys noticed that I had a good year and said something to me? It's like probably because they have 75 other draft picks that also played junior last year and also had a good year, you know? And that's what I was saying to a kid last, another kid last night about the draft. It's like, there's a lot of good players, man. And maybe if you played in a different team or you had a different circumstance or whatever, maybe you would have got picked. It's not that you weren't good enough necessarily, you know? And that's the other thing. There's just a lot of good players. And you, if it's the difference between you and another guy, maybe there's a, a reason that the other guy had over you. Maybe that that it wasn't a hockey reason, you know, and it's 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 kind of teaching that attitude, teaching that attitude to the kids. Like, you can only control what you can control. So going to that negative blaming, this is bullshit attitude. Even if there's a portion of it that is, 
like we always talk about, that's not what is worth focusing on because that means you're not paying attention to the things you need to fix now because there are things you need to fix. And if you didn't, if you weren't a kid that got drafted, for example, that's a signal that there are things you need to fix. It's not bullshit. Even if there was a circumstance that was bullshit where there was a, a kid who's dad owned something or there's a family connection or it was a favor or whatever it was that can be bullshit and you also could not be ready to play you know those two things can both be true at the same time and if you choose to focus on the bullshit situation then you're ignoring the problems that you have with yourself that you need to fix to get better and to go to the next level and that's something you don't want to fall into that and you definitely don't want to teach that as a parent you know that can be a big problem well my question if that was my son i would be like okay son it was a, it was a tough day for you Right, 100%. It was a tough day, and uh, feel for you. Right, I'm saying it like pretty emotionless, but I would, you know, when you see your son's heart breaking, it's a different way of talking to him. But my question would be like, do you love hockey? Why do you play? And uh, the answer should be because I I just love hockey, and then that's your reason to continue to go. Right, that should be that should be the reason why you play. Yeah. So so let's circle back to the kind of the question of as parents, we've talked about this before, but walk through it again because we're going to kind of walk through everything. Is uh, like, what do we want out of sports for our kids? Because, like, like I said, mentioned earlier, like this should be the center question that is guiding all your decisions as a parent. You know, because this can help center you whenever there's anything crazy going on or you don't know what to do. It's like, what do you want out of sports? Like, what is the point? Yeah. Well, as a parent, I want my kid in sports. I wanted my kids in sports because I knew it was just good for them. I knew it was a way to make friends. I knew it was a way to possibly um, learn some principles of life. It was to keep them busy. It was to let them have some fun. It was let, it was to get them maybe some confidence. Um, it was to learn how to maybe solve a problem here and there. Um, th- those are the things. And it gives us something to do as a family, something to talk about a little bit, something to do together that you have a common bond with, even though, even if you weren't a hockey dad or a, a dad that wasn't a hockey player or a mom that wasn't doesn't know a lot about hockey. If the kid's playing hockey, then you have something to talk about. But it's like, it's all those reasons. But number number one should be so your kid's having fun and, you know, making some friends and all those those core principles of life. And, and, mm-hmm. and then hopefully through that, it makes parenting easier, in my opinion, uh, if you do this the right way. And hopefully through that, at the end of the day, you learn how to solve some problems in life. And, and, and it's like, it's a fun way to learn about life is if you play sports, because you can learn, you can learn how to work hard. You can w- learn how to set a goal and um, look back at setting a goal and working towards something. Like all those principles are the, the things that you initially want your kids to be in and to stay busy and healthy. From a kid's perspective, why do you play sports? Well, obviously you get thrown into a sport or you maybe ask your mom and dad if you can play one day and they put you in it. And, and the reason to play sports is hopefully because you love it. And and I think when you look any deeper as a, as a child, I don't think it's anything more than that, mm-hmm. right? I don't think a kid plays so that they can learn how to solve problems later in life. They play because maybe there's friendships. Maybe that's what they like about it, but because it's fun. I, I don't like the sports that I didn't enjoy. I didn't play. Yeah. Played hockey, played baseball, played, you know, the sports that I loved all the time as a kid without anyone telling me to do it because I loved it. And I think, I think if you understand, it's a question a parent should ask all the time. Are you enjoying it? Like, that's why I always say, 
ask your kid if they're having fun or if they're enjoying it because if they're not then maybe that's maybe something they they don't want to do maybe try something else yeah but if they love playing the game of hockey or whatever sport they're in then that should be your number one thing are you having fun and enjoying it Mm -hmm. and then all the other principles after that you know come based on how involved a a player is yeah right i I like how you said that the uh from the parents, it's funny to contrast the, the motivation as a parent and then the motivation when you're a kid because I notice it's very easy to notice when you talk to kids about sports in terms of like life lessons, they don't care, man. No, they, they don't, don't care. care. No. They want to, they just want to play the game with their buddies. And you know, it's funny that the times where I remember being receptive to the life lesson was when things were going well just because I was excited about the fact that the sport was going well. So I was just more open to listening because I was in a good mood. Life's good. <laughs> you know, life's good. Life's it's like, good. yeah, it's life. It's like life, dad. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, right? yeah. I get it, dad. Yeah. You know, but as a parent, and this is one thing that I want to point out is if you're, if your goal with sports, like you said, all those things, have fun with your friends and, and learn some life lessons. You want to center things around that. And how you always say you can use it as a parenting, a way to parent. You can parent around the sport because hopefully they would have a goal of some sort in that sport. But if you if you try to teach your kid using the life thing, it will mostly be an ineffective strategy because it's just like dad or mom, like just leave me alone, man. Like I don't need another life lesson. Not everything needs to be a life lesson when I'm 11. And I remember that because my both my parents were actually really good about like getting me to pay attention to the life things when I was a kid. And I, I think I was more receptive than most kids just kind of by nature. I, I paid attention to those kinds of things. But I just, I remember being so tired of hearing the life lesson, man. Like just stop, just stop. I'm just playing a hockey game with my friends. Like, can I just, can it just be that? And so as my point of saying that is, is from the parenting side of it, you in your mind can have that as the goal. Like, I want my kid to learn about life things because, of course, that's a great thing to want them to learn. And you can do that very subtly. That, and that's my point is yeah. you don't need to. It doesn't need to be you need to do this so that you learn about life, kid. It's like, no, you, you teach the lessons in the way that they just play the sport, you know. So it's not it, ha- it shouldn't be a lecture about life every time they have to battle adversity for one minute, you know. So th- I, that's like I wanted to point out that contrast because. You need to know, you need to understand that your motivation is not necessarily a motivation that your kid can understand. So you have to be able to navigate that gap to make it effective. Otherwise, if you just keep hammering your kids with life lessons, it's like, oh my God, shut up. Like, <laughs> leave me alone, man. Yeah. You know? So that, that I would just want to point that out because that was well said by you. Sometimes for, for the kids, it's not much deeper than that. It's not much deeper than I just want to have fun playing the sport, you know? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good way. Well, you think, you know, like you, you say your passion is hockey. You go out and throw a football with your buddies and stuff like that. It becomes a very competitive thing. And if you like it, you're just doing it for fun. You don't see parents. Well, sometimes you do. <laughs> you don't see parents going to the football field to make sure that they do everything properly. Right. Or they're competing real hard. And, you know, what did you learn out of it? So I'm just playing. I love it. Right. So, I mean, parents invest a little bit of money in the early days. So, I mean, there's, there's that to it. If you're not, if a kid shows zero interest in it, then, you know, maybe you pull the plug. But anyways, so I, th- I think at a certain point, then it starts to turn into the kid getting more serious 
and actually wanting something out of the sport. So whether that's to play professionally or to something beyond just having fun with their friends. So if they want to go on and play junior or play college or play professionally or whatever, um, I think it's important that as the parent, you, you, one, you need to understand what does your kid actually want from the sport beyond those things, beyond having fun. So it's, what do they want? What are their goals? Because if their goals aren't, and your goals aren't lined up, then there could be an issue, you know, because you could be supporting a dream that doesn't exist, you know? So that's number one is you need to understand that. And then two, this is more of a, a question for you now is at what point as a parent, does the kid's opinion or do the kid's goals, what they say actually matter? maybe more than yours or however you want to take that and then how do you support that whatever that goal is so those are kind of the the three things so as as a parent you know you know your motivation let's say optimally you're thinking yeah I want my kid to have fun make friends learn about some life lessons and if they can succeed beyond that then that would be great so the parent thing is down so it's what when does your kids if your kid shows that they want something out of the sport, when does their opinion matter? And then it's kind of, how do we, how do we navigate that as parents? Once you know what their intentions are with whatever the sport is. Yeah. Well, I think, I think their, their opinion always matters, right? I mean, that's always valid. I mean, if a kid, if, if a kid at four years old, I mean, a kid at six years old wants to play in the NHL. I mean, that's, that's just words who, what every kid wants to, there's no, there's no concept of what that means, what it entails, or, you know, there's no perspective on that. So, um, but having said that is you can use those, those words as, you know, that's where you can start saying, okay, so it's, it's, it's make the NHL, you got to work hard, you know, and use those little, little phrases, work hard, practice a little bit. And, you know, if you show interest in it, then we're here to support you, like whatever. But now they can't sit there at six and say, I need to play triple A or nine. That's not when it's <laughs> parents yeah. are still in control of that. Right. Yeah. But I think when they have a valid, um, when they say that they, they want to get something on the sport, I think you support that because you, w- what you're doing is you're taking a kid's interest and you're, and you're saying, okay, let's go with your interest. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always used this. Like if my son said, I want to play the piano, I, it's not for me to say, well, you can't play the piano. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not for you. Right. So if he says, I want to play the piano, then, or, or an instrument, then I think as a parent, you gotta, you don't buy a grand piano, <laughs> but maybe, and maybe you start with off with a, with, with what's the horn thing called? The clarinet? Trumpet? No, no. Like the simple one they use in grade four, but like something that a, a set <laughs> of drums. Recorder? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but like something to say, okay, well, I, we, I can't afford a grand piano or you buy a, a, a lousy keyboard or something to see if there is an interest past one day or one hour yeah, of practice. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you nudge them. <laughs> the yeah, whatever. So you nudge them towards, okay, you, you like hockey. We're going to play. So that's where it starts off, right? You start off in your house league or whatever. And if they say, but I want more, I want more. And then you see that there's a passion for that well then you're adding gas to something that they're interested which is very important so i think that is where where it's important that you pay attention as a parent and support and and don't go crazy with it let them to a certain age where you see like they oh wow they are they are stepping up here like you know in their peer group like maybe it is 10 years old i don't know if there's a number right but maybe it is 10 years old or 11 years old where you just say this kid really wants to do this like not be in the nhl because it's too young but he has a real desire to do this like he'd rather shoot pucks today but now the trick is is that is it mom and dad saying well did you shoot your pucks or whatever like the, the kid's gonna tell you how badly they want to play w- through their actions so that's that's number one 
then there there comes to there comes to a level where they become if they become hardworking and you can just see it you know they're taking a step above other players on the team then it's maybe maybe it is time to listen a little bit like maybe you want to play at a uh, maybe it's the triple a level or maybe you put him into something like he he goes to that i really want to um go to a shooting camp that i heard something like that then maybe it, it could be worth it at that point right um but i but i think where it really becomes important like i don't want i'm careful how to say this because i want I want my kid to, to, if he's loving it, he doesn't have to play in the NHL. If it keeps him out of trouble, if he does all the things that I want sports to do, then, then his voice is very important. But like, and as far as pushing it, like getting to another levels where he, he feels like, and maybe as a family, you feel like, yeah, there might be something there that I think it's important to listen to them at that point for sure. And, and maybe, I don't want to say push, but you have more conversations about it. Yeah. You know? I think a couple, maybe a couple of things to tease out. Yeah. It kind of sounds like you're talking about the difference between actions and words a little bit. So for example, yeah, that'd be my, my godson really likes playing hockey. He's really into hockey. He's nine years old. He, but he likes to play hockey because he likes playing games. He doesn't like playing hockey because he loves it so much and wants to be in the NHL one day. And you have to be able to understand that the difference between my kid just likes to play things and hockey is one of them versus my kid is seriously driven to just play hockey because there's a difference. So if somebody looked at my godson, for example, they would say, oh, yeah, he likes to play hockey. No, maybe he's maybe we should push him because but he also likes to play everything else. So it's not a clear cut like I'm really seeing he has a passion for this one game. So that's an important thing. There's a big difference between the actions that your kid shows and the words that they say. And sometimes they're the same. Sometimes the words and the actions match. Sometimes the words and the actions don't match. Like one day you ask them, is hockey your favorite sport? Do you love it? And they say yes. And then the next day it's basketball. And the next day it's tennis. Like, you know, they're kids. They're trying to figure out what they like. They don't know yet. So that's one thing that you need to pay attention to. And then the other thing you were kind of touching on in there is kind of how much you're pushing your kid. So you're talking about shooting pucks and is the kid shooting pucks because you keep telling them to shoot pucks. So they're, they're going out to shoot pucks. And I remember that as a kid, my dad kind of scared me into practicing quite a bit because I knew that if he came home from work and I hadn't practiced yet, he would be like disappointed that I didn't practice when I was a little kid. So, and I was a kid that liked to practice. I wasn't a kid that didn't like it. And he made me do it all the time. I just didn't do it as much as he liked always when I was 10. So I, I have a like vivid memory. I We had a Nintendo 64 when I was a kid. That was the game system of the time. That was Nintendo 64? Nintendo 64. Super Mario, Legend of Zelda, and I had NHL 99. That was on, on uh, Nintendo 64. And when I got home from school, I'd like to play the Nintendo 64. And I remember... If, if my dad came home from work, like <laughs> yeah. if I, if I heard the door upstairs yeah. that he came in, like through the garage door immediately, like Nintendo 64 turned off, I'm out of here and I'm going to do act like I was doing something else yeah. because if Just he comes, caught me at a bad time, yeah, like if he, if he comes downstairs yeah. and see me playing video games, he's going to be like, did you practice today? He's going to ask me. And I'm like 10, you know? So, and again, I was a kid that liked to go out and practice. I wasn't a kid that you, it was pulling teeth to make me go practice. I liked practicing. Just not all the time, every day, always. you know. And then it was like there was a guilt about it. 
Like if I'm not practicing, I would be made to feel guilty as like a 10 or 11 year old because I'm not out practicing every second of the day. And, and I love hockey. I love playing. And it, like, that was just an unnecessary thing that my, my dad didn't need to do that. He didn't need to make me feel that way because I would have gone and practiced anyways, just not like on his schedule. <laughs> right. So when you're, when you're a parent, that's an important thing too. Like, is your kid practicing because they have the guilt bug in their ear of my dad is going to be mad at me if I didn't practice, or my mom is going to be mad at me if I didn't practice or disappointed or whatever. Because when you're a kid, your parents are like your heroes, man. And you don't want them to be upset with you for any reason when you're a little kid, you know? So that's an important thing to pay attention to as mom and dad too. If you send me an email and say, my kid's really looking like he's into it. He's 11 years old and all he wants to do is shoot pucks all the time. It's like, there's a question to ask. Like, is it because you're telling him to, or is it because they actually are going on their own? And that's what's, it's funny when we get emails from parents like that, it's hard to answer when people ask questions because we don't know these types of factors, you know? So the kid, you tell me the kid loves it and he really loves the game, whatever, but I don't know that. I don't know if you're just saying that or if you're just making them seem like they love it when they really don't, because we've seen so many of those kids too, where it's been forced on them for so long and they end up fizzling out just like everybody else, even though they practiced the most and they did all the, all the camps and all the training and all the everything because they loved it so much. Yeah. And they well, don't. And, and there's a couple of things to that is like, I think even, even as, as we talk, as we're older and we talk about players that we always talk about, that's all we ever did was play the sport. It's like, but it wasn't all we ever did. Do you know what I mean? A lot of times we say like, I, I like, I'm not lying. I shot a ton of pucks and I, hockey was on my mind all the time, but I can, especially when you're talking to your kids, you can make it, you can make it sound like that's all you did. It's like, that's not true. So a lot of times as a parent's perspective is you, you're, you're asking a lot more than what is actually required or necessary or more than you would have ever done yourself. Right. And, um, and number two, it's like some, some kids are just good at it. And like you take, you know, Wayne Gretzky talked about it and there's several players like that, especially the older generation where they, they played hockey in the wintertime, they played their games and they practiced and they had the outdoor rinks and it was fun and all that kind of stuff. And then when the season was over, that's all it was. They didn't think about hockey. They played their baseball, they played lacrosse, they did other things and it was, didn't hurt them. So there's a fine line between, practicing or doing it because you love it but you could be doing other things which is just as beneficial right and especially when you're young and you haven't specialized or there's no need to specialize yet you don't have to shoot 500 pucks a day that's not it's not required you know you're playing other sports and you're keeping busy but like and if you do good it's awesome doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're playing the nhl though right right yeah and that's that's actually another thing just because I'm not trying to like, carve up my parents or anything because they, they were really Sounds great. Like at, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's going to listen to this and be like, dude, <laughs> but we, I remember my, my parents were both really good at that too, is we did like swimming lessons. I played baseball a lot. I remember my dad, like in the backyard, my dad, we'd play catch forever. We'd play hot box. We'd play, he'd be throwing ground balls at me, like all kinds of different things that we did. Good dad stuff. Yeah. Good dad stuff. Right. It was, so it wasn't just like, military sergeant hockey only in this house whatever you know we played we played army men we played all these stupid little kid games that we like to play because my parents understood that it's not just about the one thing that we need to do all the time and it's funny because a pattern i'm noticing with a lot of parents is the younger the kids are they seem like they're more crazy about one thing you know and and like 
one I, I don't one thing I, I hear people say frequently when they talk about young kids is oh like they're so ahead of their class like they can read at like a third grade level when they're in grade one or whatever and now I have a genius here it's like no it's just your kid just learned how to read first man it's like it's it's not a big deal but I think people see little blips that they're ahead of other kids and they get a little bit crazy about it because I notice the younger ages I get more serious questions about like the development which doesn't really make sense to me there no, should be was... there should be less questions when they're younger and yeah. more questions yeah, yeah. when they're older, yeah. you know. But I'm seeing like an inverse. Yeah, that's the thing with that's you know that was one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this too is that like it was just to 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 see if you could help not like it goes crazy fast, so fast, go yeah. crazy fast. Like you know, I always use this example. It was kind of funny. Like there was years ago, there was a a dad or like it was a family thing and one of the kids was in diapers a little bit longer than um than typical yeah right so one of my uncles <laughs> it was very funny actually because what do you want me to do about it he goes when she goes on a date and uh the, the, the guy says uh why do you have a diaper on she'll change <laughs> but no but it's true like at yeah. some point you're gonna go to school if you're wearing like i mean let's not promote this but yeah if you're six years old and you're wearing a diaper to school People are going to notice and you'll change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life will sort itself yeah, out. Life right? straightens so you it's out. It's the same with, yeah. uh, um, you know, you're, you'll figure it out at some point. Mm-hmm. The kids will be, you know, some kids speak earlier because they're around or, or don't speak more, or yeah. they don't speak a lot because mom and dad do all the talking. Speak for them, right? Would you like a cookie? Here it is. They don't have to say yes, and they just point or whatever. So it's like you gotta let the kid express well, that, it. Bit, that's right? an interesting thing too. Back to my my godson, because he's a super super mature nine year old, and that's because he, he only he's the youngest. He was the first like, great grandson of the family, and came before anyone else. So he doesn't have anybody his age around ever. So he's always around adults. So every everyone he talks to is twenty five and older for most of his day. So he like I I was talking the other day, and. Uh, he used the word nauseous in a sentence. Like not I'm bad. feeling nauseous yeah, as a nine-year-old. I'm just like, why do you even know what that word is? Nobody's around mature thoughts. So you could get the, you could assume like, wow, this kid's so mature and he's so far ahead. It's like, no, it makes perfect sense. He's around adults all the time. That doesn't mean the other kids won't catch up. He's just there first, you know? So that's, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, so the next kind of thing I wanted to go into a little bit is where we kind of decided we want to go into is the, um, kind of like the common development path that most kids that you're going to see, like most kids are going to follow this kind of development path. So I want to kind of talk about um, what the most likely path is going to be for you or your kid in their sport. So like kind of where does it end for most kids? At what point um, are most people going to be done playing their sport? And what's the typical thing you've seen with players you train? How does it typically go? And uh, maybe, maybe, and I'll give a couple of things for parents kind of to prepare for like that is the reality of what normally happens. And anything worse than that or better than that is not the norm yep. kind of thing. Does that make sense what I said? Yep. Okay. Again, going back to my reasons, I'll say my reasons for my kid playing sports, right? Mm-hmm. Playing sports in general. Because because I've been in, in, in this game, I, I, I was very happy. Well, how do I say this? My son grew up in hockey, right? So a lot, like, certainly, yeah. So if if I was a plumber and I always had a wrench in my hand, a monkey wrench or whatever, <laughs> pipe wrench is that what they're called, and I was a always doing wrench. things with a wrench, he probably would have said, "Dad, can I can I try?" Yeah. Right. So 
my son was growing up with seeing his dad on skates all the time. All my friends were hockey players. Um, he'd be able to see hockey players on TV that he knew. And um, so he was very interested in that. And so naturally at a very young age, he, he said, dad, can I go skating? So I was very thrilled that he wanted to. I, I, and I was thrilled, but then I also had the side of me that the last thing I want my son to do is to play hockey. And I say that not flippantly because because of the 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 pain of hockey it's, it's actual pain there's physical pain yeah there's some things that i that i went through and all my friends went through that i i wouldn't wish like you know back in the days there was hazing and in junior like those those things too um the, those times we just feel so insecure in certain spots it's like but it's good for you but sometimes it's not but there's there's those things that um it makes it a like, tough road. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the other side is I've, I've I know so many people that only learned lessons of life of hockey. No, didn't didn't learn the lessons of life of hockey. They played hockey and they didn't have any clue that they weren't good enough to make it, or they, they didn't want to educate themselves in any other way. And I'm not saying college degrees or anything, but staying on top of life and having more more of an open mind to having a conversation with someone as simple as that. So I was I was like. I'm so happy my kid wants to play hockey, but at the same time, it's the last thing I want him to do is pursue hockey because it's not what everyone thinks it is, right? It's not just like, you know, the common thing that people say, well, how can a guy complain he's making $5 million a year? You know, what's there to complain about? It's like, they're not complaining. They're just, when they say like, it's not what you think it is. It's like, it's, it's hard, hard work. And it's, you don't know when your career is going to end, right? It could end tomorrow. So anyways, there was all that stuff. So, but I, I was, anyways, I was glad that he was wanted to play hockey and it was something for him and I to do something I could sh- share. And I have a, uh, I, I personally have a pretty good way of communicating with young kids and uh, to make it fun. So when he got into it, I was happy. And, and then as he got more into it, I just saw the smile on his face when he played, he just had a huge smile on his face. So that was good. That, that made me feel good. And then I could see that he loved it and he, he was making little friends and that was good. And it was I was able to keep him out of a little bit of trouble. Like, you know, we talked about that several times. Like, um, you know, you make decisions if you want to play hockey tomorrow or this week or this year, then, you know, this and this has to happen. And and it was good. Um, but the thing that I, I said right from the beginning was it wasn't about, because he started, let's say, about four or five, five, six, four or five. And uh, there was no, not one thought in my head that I'm doing this so that he can be a successful hockey player. I did it strictly so he could have fun. And then whatever happens, happens, right? And and, they, and he showed that through his effort and his passion for it, he just really loved it, and his competitiveness, that, okay, like he's, he's probably going to have to go to AAA at some point if he's, you know, there's something there, right? There's something there. So my, my main point of that is, like, Please, 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 when you're starting off in this game, don't get fooled at 10 years old or 11 or 12 or whatever or earlier that maybe we can get a scholarship out of this, his school paid. Just, that, that's just the wrong way to approach this thing because then, then you make really bad decisions. It's not fair to you, not fair to the kid, not fair to anybody around. So it's just not a realistic thing, right? Because to your question, if that happens, it's way down the road. But to your question of what's the most likely path, of most kids is nothing zero like 
there's only a percentage that even get to play AAA. And there's out of those percentage that play AAA, there's only a very small percentage that get to that next level of junior B tier two hockey, right? Where that's your school is not even paid for, not even paid for. That's a stretch. But there's a smallest percentage that are going to get their education paid for through a NCAA scholarship or uh, a, a CHL scholarship package. And that's a huge, huge accomplishment. And then the smallest of the smallest percentage is making money at hockey. Like to make $1 in hockey as a player is very, like it's ridiculously hard. So at the end of the day, what's the most likely path is that at 16, 17 years old, 16 years old for many, many, many people is any type of competitive, competitive hockey is done. So that's the, the most likely path. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that people understand that that is what's going to happen. And I've talked about this before too, is especially when kids are young, like, okay, I'll, g- I'll give you that one example that happened a few months ago. There's a team around here that's they're a young team and they're really good, really good. And I've been, a lot of parents come around talking about this team because they're winning tournaments and they're beating all the best teams in Ontario and they're traveling to Quebec and they're doing all yeah, this stuff. It's awesome. And that's great. Yep. And the kids, yeah, the kids are having a blast, obviously. Yep. Enjoy it. And and for the parents, enjoy it. Like, enjoy, like, this is fun. Like, this is fun. But they take it a step too far. And I caught myself buying the press even. And I know better. So I finally got a chance to go watch this team play. And for whatever reason, I'm thinking I'm going to watch the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I'm literally thinking, like, these guys are going to have systems and they're going to be moving the puck like nobody's business and everybody's going to know their role and there's going to be face-off plays and all this stuff and i go to watch it and it's little kid hockey man it's little kid hockey they have a couple really good players and the one kid one kid on in particular as a defenseman rushes the puck every time he gets it and he can go and he can score and it's not even real it's not real hockey so all these parents that are talking about the buzz of this team and they have so many good players and they're going to be they're going to be a powerhouse as they get older it's like maybe, maybe. <laughs> like like the it evens out man it evens out and from when i went to see them the first time last year to this year they're losing more games this year and it's not because they aren't progressing or getting better it's that other teams are catching up because maybe this team progressed first or they had some more mature kids or players on their team could could raise the puck first and if you can raise the puck when there's a goalie that's four foot seven you'll probably score because the kid's little that's playing goalie if you can skate better, you can probably go end to end and you can probably get a lot of goals that way. But that isn't the way hockey is actually played when you get to older ages. So to your point, it's like you get excited or you can be fooled when your kid is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 because they're scoring all these goals and it's like, oh my God, I got a superstar here or they're going to get whatever paid for or they're going to be a top pick or they're going to be whatever. And it's like, maybe they will. Most likely they won't because by the time you're 16, Everything is very different than when you're 12 and parents forget that they don't, they don't, they forget it or they don't realize that that's what's going to happen because the, the puberty thing is the biggest, is the biggest hurdle that changes everything, you know? So kids that are top kit players, because they had that early edge, because maybe they did extra camps when they were younger, or maybe they could shoot the puck better first or whatever it was, that advantage disappears as kids get older and everybody practices more and kids get more competitive 
and the kids that are late bloomers, even though they're not really late bloomers, they're just regular. They, they, start, they start to show up as top players now. So everything changes. So it's, it's important for people to understand that, like we said, that reality that for most kids, competitive hockey is done when you're, when you're 60, not even 18, like even for the, for AAA for most, players. For most, yeah. yeah for, for most. For like AAA hockey players even, like there's kids that maybe they played AAA their whole life and then they can't make the midget major AAA team because the two teams combine now and there's not enough spots for, for, the, for the kids, you know. So most kids start to drop off to AA or they won't play at all. And then just like that overnight, there was all, these, all this talk about who's the best, whatever, and it's over. Just like that. And that's exactly what happens. And people people forget or they don't realize they're no. not paying attention or they don't know. Yeah. And I, I would say it's more specific to Canada. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And I just want to clear that up. Cause right, like for in, sure. In, in the United States of America and, and probably Europe too, they probably have um, a longer um, development path as yeah. far as like U18s and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they could get, right? yeah, for them yeah. it'd probably be like 18, high school. 18, high school is really, yeah, yeah, high school is really yeah. big in the United States of America. Yeah, good point. Good point. So, like, so let's say it's 18 because, um, well, it would that's be, fair. It that's would be fair. 18 because 18 would be like, that's when you have to jump to the USHL out of high school or you have, to, or the NHL, whatever junior leagues, or you can get a scholarship. So, yeah, they have a couple extra years. We've talked about that before too, the differences in kids that take that American path. But, but yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. So uh, maybe do you want to give some uh, examples, let's say like successful and unsuccessful of what the what the development path could look like, let's say at the extreme. So for example, maybe let's take the kid that like a little bit crazy mom and dad pay for everything all the time. What happens with them from what you've seen typically in your experience? And then maybe the flip side, you get kids that kind of show up later on that never really paid for much because I was, I was, I'll give you a little context for this too. I had a, a question, a guy reached out to me um, yesterday and he was asking about his four-year-old. Okay. So the, what I said to the guy first, I, I was just like, like the kid's four. Cause he was asking kind of like, how do I make sure like he develops well and I'm not making a mistake with whatever. And I kind of said what we're saying here. It doesn't matter. Like as long as the kid's on the ace to a reasonable degree has some level of instruction and gets to play in some games, then he's going to develop. Like there's not going to be a better or worse. It's, it's very marginal. If you have a way better coach or not, it's marginal gains when they're that young. At four? Yeah. At, from four till they're yeah, okay. 12. I was going to say yeah. at four. He's, at four, it's irrelevant. You don't got it straight by four, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was saying, and I was, I basically said the same thing. Like we've seen kids that they pay for everything and they fizzle out like everybody else does. And there's kids that basically don't pay for anything and they show up and they're great. And then there's all the in-betweens that have mixed results. Kids that paid for some or not successful, aren't whatever. So throw some, throw some thoughts Dude, on I that. I could do every single angle. Yeah, I know. I yeah. could do it because the bottom line is like to answer that question, like in a nutshell is there is no recipe because you can do everything. Absolutely. What you thought was perfect to a T and the kid's good and nothing happens. You could do everything wrong. So, so to speak, wrong, and the kid might even look disinterested, and he makes money playing hockey, and is very good at it, and you could do everything in between, and I've and I've seen literally seen it all. So, let me just think. I'm just looking at the wall here. Dalton Prout, right? He he will be the first to tell you that he uh, he skated with me when he was young, and he loved it. His dad was like very reluctant to bring him out, 
and not because not because he didn't like me or whatever, but he was like it made me skeptical of like what skill development is. And then he was coaching, and he told me one day, he goes, yeah, you know, Andy, but you don't have the kids every day. And I go, I know, I know that. It's totally different. What you guys do and what I do are two different things. So I explained what my stuff would do for his kids, if he chose to, like, you know, why that would be good. And I said, but your job of coaching every day is a whole different thing. So he was skeptical of the skill development himself. He was on a budget, not saying he wasn't broke by any means, but he was, you know, he watched his money, right? So one day when he was, I think, 11 or 12, 11, I think, 10 he was a big boy and uh his dad said I, I, i'm gonna have him start skating with you he was i think it's gonna be great and i said okay great so he came out and he dad said that was awesome man and i said yeah it was and it was great to have him and dalton loved it and then it was the next saturday he came out and after that he goes dad but i just want to play baseball on sundays and his dad's like okay go play baseball and he did that for a couple of years and he got drafted and he was clueless clueless of how the hockey world actually worked right but he worked hard and he figured it out, and he made the NHL. So there, like, like, there's one. Yeah, made the NHL. Yeah, t- take. Sorry, did you have another one? I no, no go ahead. Clear. I was gonna say, take, take the opposite. So let's look at. I, I want to use. That's actually good. I didn't even think of doing that. But let's take. Let's take. Uh, go, go with Eki. Talk about Eki's development track because I think he's like an opposite extreme. He's a. You know, there's a an extreme. So here's the thing. <laughs> I I I started working with Aaron when he was. I believe. I'm just trying to think. 11 and worked with him a lot he would do private lessons once or twice in the morning once or twice a week in the morning at my 6 30 sessions and he was just always good i could tell that that kid just loved hockey he loved hockey he was huge right from day one and he loved it and and he was skilled though like he could just do things naturally so he did that went to went to a few camps here and here that we did and and he played up a year when he got into Bantam and his dad was, his dad would, Dave would, uh, would be at the, at the rink outside. And uh, I was always there first and he would drop him off. Here you go, Andy, here's your whatever money and see you later. Never, never watched, never cared. He says his kid wanted to play hockey. Like he wanted to practice and he loved it. Basically kept him out of trouble. So, sorry. So there was one thing is he was 11 when he started, not six, not seven, not eight. Well, yeah, and I think that's probably when he started. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, honestly, don't know if he started earlier. Right. He didn't. I don't think he played Triple A until he was Pee Wee. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. I think he just played in his local Bell River team. And okay, and then if if from his from what you saw when he was starting at eleven, again, not six, not seven, when he was eleven and started doing some extra stuff, how much of a difference did that skill stuff make in terms of where you think he would have gone? In, ter- in Zero. his hockey career. Zero. Like he was going to be Aaron Eckblad no matter what. 1,000%. Yeah. 1,000%. Because, and this is like Aaron, he, he, I talked to him about a month ago. He goes, I listen to all, every single podcast. He goes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to listen to this one. Yeah. And Aaron, when you hear this, it's I'm not carving you, but Aaron was never a beautiful skater. Never. Right? He still gets, you know, a little bit of knocked for not being a great skater, but he he's, he gets around the ice, gets there quick. And he's a really, really top-end defenseman. Um, he had a passion for the game. Like, you talk about a guy that, like, wants to win. Like, he, he was just so competitive. And he was bigger than everybody when he was younger and stuff. So that, that probably fueled, like, I'm better than everybody. Like, that made things a lot easier. But he was just good. So, yeah, we did a lot of puck stuff and, like, different things on shooting and 
skating, whatever. We did all that stuff and it was very good for him because maybe he had, you know, some reps doing certain things that he was able to layer and add and add and yeah, add yeah, and yeah, make it sure. better, right? Yeah, it's not that it wasn't helpful. Yeah, right, right exactly. Yeah. You know, and he'll be the first to say that. Like, no, it was awesome. Yeah, right. It was helpful. awesome. Right. Like, was it helpful? A hundred percent. But mm-hmm. would Aaron would the difference between Aaron Eckblad spending five years or six, seven, what I don't know. He spent a bunch of years, a lot of time with me. He's we were on the ice in the morning with him a lot of times. Um, the difference of that being a first overall pick or not wasn't me, right? Not me at all. I think maybe one of the things that I was good for for him is that I would just let him have some fun. I wasn't all serious, like totally serious with him. Like he was good, and I would just bring out some stuff and show him some stuff, and he was able to do it. And um, but it was him, man. It was him. It wouldn't make one difference at all. Zero. Then you take a guy like Matt Martin, right? So Matt Martin with the Islanders. So. Guys, he, his his parents didn't have a clue. Um, he he skated with me when he was a little bit in Pee Wee Bantam. Play, he was playing house league, man. Playing house league, and he skated because his brother, who was a goalie, uh, played with the older guys. Wanted to said, "Can I bring my brother?" And I said, "Yeah, okay, sure. He's got to be decent, right?" And he was horrible, dude. I'm not joking. He was a horrible hockey player. Played double. Uh, he played house league. His whole life. Like, there wasn't one thing that you would have said, Matt Martin's going to play in the NHL. You would have laughed. You would have laughed. No chance. So he he got, I think he might have played A hockey or double A his last year of midget. And then he went to junior C. And then he ended up signing with the Sarnia Sting and then was on a line with Stamkos. And he carved out his thing there. And I, there's obviously a couple steps in between. But his he was not a good hockey player when he was young. And there was nothing that his parents did to make him better. And that's not that's not cutting them up. Um, he just happened to enjoy it and play. And he's got, I forget how many years he's got now. He's got to be close to... In the NHL? I'm he's it close up to here. 15 years. Wait, I, want to, I want to pull it up here. Since, yeah, his first year would have been 2010. There you go. Twenty No, well, 2009-10, but he yeah. was down. He was in, in the yeah. NHL. So 13 years. He didn't lay, spend a lot of time in the American League, but he found a niche and he did it. There was, there's, if you would have said he's, he, this guy's going to be the one guy in this area that's going to play in the NHL for 13 years, not one person would say, oh yeah, I can see it. Not a chance. So he didn't do camps. He didn't do, not that I'm aware of. He didn't do it with me and I was the only one doing it around here. Uh, that's where everybody went. Um, he's had a longer career than most guys his age. So uh, the last one maybe that we could use as an example, because this was one, he was a year older than me, is, uh, is Pumps, Matt Pumple. And the reason I want to talk about him is because, so he, he was, like I said, a year older than me. He was one of the best hockey players I've seen. Well, he went and, uh, and, seventh or eighth overall in the OHL. Sixth yeah. or seventh or eighth. Right. So yeah. he, he was, when we were kids playing AAA, I remember his name specifically because he was unreal. This guy could score at will. And... A lot of people, people listening, probably don't even know who that is. Right, first round pick yeah. in the NHL. First round pick in the NHL. So I want, I want you to talk, talk about his development track a little bit. And it's not, it's, we're not, not carving him or anything like that. But I'm just talking about the differences. On here's a guy that was like a superstar. Like this was like a superstar kid. You know, top pick, top, top end, top yep. end. And then what? So talk, first, talk about him a little. First bit. round in the OHL. First round in the NHL. So, so talk about him training as a kid first yep. of all. What it, it probably looked the same as the other guys, more yeah. or less. So Matt was a very, very uh, consistent, loyal customer. 
and uh, he was out. We had mornings. Actually, I used to drive him home. We used to stop and grab a coffee together. We had lots of chats. He's a great kid, and uh, he scored goals like crazy. Matt, so there's a different different path. He did uh, summertime. He did all kinds of summer and winter. He did uh, lessons and shooting and all that kind of stuff. He played spring hockey. He went to Europe for spring hockey. He did all the things that yeah, most remember, kids like, do. Team Ontario yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. most the, he does the things that the typical guy does, and um, and then he got drafted. You know, he worked out with uh, um, uh, Maggio's dad in the summer times, in the, like in the gym, and um, he was just a just a great hockey player. So he knew how to score goals and he knew how to play, and he was awesome. And he made a lot of money in hockey, and he still does makes money in hockey. He's in Europe now. But uh, his the NHL path didn't last very long. I, I forget how many games total, but he went uh, Ottawa, New York, Detroit, and uh, played parts of parts of a few seasons with uh, each of them. But it was mostly American American League guy, and uh, so like that's the point of that is like you can do all the right things. You can take you do all the spring hockey, think of making all the right moves. As you get older, it just everything changes. Everything changes, and. Um, you know, it comes down to desire, discipline. Are you good enough? Are you, can you skate well enough? Like, there's little things in your game that uh, are you hungry enough to make it to the next step? And like, again, I don't know where Matt's head was. Like, maybe he just wasn't good enough to be a consistent NHL player. Maybe he didn't want to be good enough or do the extra thing. I think he did, um, but there was something there that he just couldn't crack a good, a good steady NHL roster, right? But but he's made he's still making a, a really nice living at it. Yeah, right. for sure. And yeah. But the only reason I'm, I wanted to contrast some of these guys is because a lot of them, like, so you, you give the example of, of Matt Pumple, let's say, who is like relative superstar status as a kid, like did the team Ontario's, went to Europe for spring hockey, invited to all the camps, did all the things. And this isn't a guy that's like a superstar or a top end or a, even a consistent player in the NHL, having done all the stuff when it looked like he probably would be when he was a kid. First round NHL. You know? So there's there's an example. Then you contrast that with a guy like Dalton Prout. It's like he did probably let's say what the typical like middle class hockey playing kid might do. Played baseball. Yeah, played played multiple sports. Did a little bit of extra when he got a little bit older. Didn't take it too seriously. And this guy played in the NHL for what thirteen seasons or pro for thirteen ten Dalton whatever. Yeah, yeah, close to ten. So. There's there's another example, Matt Martin, that, and then there's a guy that didn't do nothing. <laughs> he didn't didn't do anything, and he's been playing still to today. Well, so you this know? is this, the, the what, what you're what you're asking, or what we're coming to the conclusion with, is this: what we always say it's like, no matter what you think you're doing as a parent, um, like all the right steps, it's just it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. It's the desire of the the, the kid that's going to get there, right? So, like I had like talking about that guy earlier last night that came in and. Didn't, the kid didn't get drafted, and one of the comments was he should have got an agent. You think so? The agent would have got him somewhere? No. So it leads me to a story, and I think I said this before. One kid that was drafted to Owen Sound years ago. His dad, I called, and the dad was fuming with me. Fuming. I said, what? He goes, can we meet for a coffee? I said, yeah. And him and his mom, him and the mom, met at a coffee shop, and they were tearing up, and they were mad at me. They said, you lied. So what I lie about? Because they thought he was going, um, like, in the first couple rounds. And I said, listen, I didn't want to say there's no chance because that's just not the right thing. I said, 
to be in the first round in the OHL, I, like I, I wouldn't hang my hat on that in November. I said that's that's a it's a long long shot. I said and he goes, what are you saying? He's no good. I said that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> so they didn't want to hear the thing. So anyways, got drafted. I think sixth, seventh round, seventh, fifth, seventh, something like that. And they were fuming with me, and they said, "You told us not to get an agent." I said, "They didn't say don't get an agent." I said, "You don't need one." But they used that, and they used Matt Pumple as an example. They said he got drafted, he had an agent. That guy got drafted, he had an agent. They were the best players. Yeah. Right? So, anyways, <laughs> the point was is this: this person, when they found me, when the kid was like eight or nine, I don't remember the exact conversation, but I wouldn't have taken it in the right context. But he said to me, now, when I thought back about it, he said. We're count- I thought it was a joke. He goes, so you can get him to the NHL. And I was like, ah, because <laughs> I was training a lot of NHL guys. But he he thought that him training with me would get him to the NHL. thousand percent. And I sat there and I went, you actually, what? What? So this guy did all the things. And like, when I, when I wasn't, when I wasn't telling him what I, he wanted to hear about his kid like no take some time off and do this like it's like no he's got to do more got to do more got to do more so this dad was so invested in making his kid be, helping his kid become an nhl player because that's what he wanted it's like not a clue right so it was like to watch the kid's a great kid i ran into him a couple years ago great kid so happy to see you, but the dad won't even look at me like i did it it's like you can't there's all these steps like it's not up to dad all you can do as a parent is support and then, but then, and supporting sometimes means sometimes means no, right? Which I said to my son, he wanted to play. You know, because guys were asking for the spring hockey, and it sounded like it was the big deal, right? Because they got invited, and you know, the invitations about you're you're identified as one of the top prospects, and you know, this is a a camp for you know high level guys or whatever. Or, uh, three, uh, what do you call it? Spring hockey team, whatever. He said, Dad, can I just go? And I said, no, you can't go. I said, you're not going. It's a waste. For us, it was a waste of time. It was, And I explained to him that this is just how people make money, Charlie. It's not uh, It's not about you're going to get be a better player. And I said, if someone's going to give you that many compliments, like if you get to play for a Team Canada or a Team Ontario, the, that team is paying for your flight. <laughs> like you're, you're actually selected. So at the end of it, he laughs at it now. He goes, geez, dad. He goes, like, all those kids that did that, eh? I go, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it works for some kids. Not works to get them there, but it's, 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 as a parent, as my point is, my parent is you got to be able to sometimes say, no, that's not good for you or for us, right? Just because a kid wants to play spring hockey or go to a camp, it's like parents do have a right to say, well, I can't afford it or I don't think that's the right thing for you. You need to take a break. Right. And another, another extremes, there's a, here's a, here's a, an extremes of pro hockey, hockey dads. So I've got several guys that I played with, or I've trained their kids and they played in the NHL. And I, and honestly, it's almost like two extremes. One, the dads are like so hard on the kids and they push so hard and they watch and they micromanage and they, you know, they're the ones giving them shit and they, they're bad, they're the, the bad talks in the car and they flip their lids and the kids are scared of them. And some of them make it. And some of them can't take it. And then I find a lot of the NHL guys, because they know how hard it is to actually make, they just let the kid play and they don't actually care too much about anything because they know that you're either going to have it or you don't, you know? So anyways, the bottom line of that is there's no recipe. What I would say to a parent is just let it play out. And, and, and I said it to you this year, you know, I watched my kid and 
he's he's on an it's always been about him playing but if i watched an ohl game and i'm totally invested on how my son does it it emotionally affects me it's like not his dream anymore it's mine right it can't affect me that bad do i want him to do well every day yes do i ever want him to do i ever want him to cough up a puck no do i want him to score 50 yes do i want him to hit every guy and come out on the winning end of that yes but that's not going to happen so i have to watch it and enjoy it because now it's his path and my son or any other you know we're talking as as parents that's they have to choose to do it there's it has nothing to do with you except for just being supportive and having real conversations sometimes there and there has been those real conversations where you know he's asked me like so what do you think and when he asks what i think i'm careful on when i answer it because sometimes it's just i could could i could spew out every little thing but there was you know there's points where i've said you know what if this is what you want to do that's not good enough without being a goof yeah. but like sometimes it's got to be honest honest yeah and it was like yeah mm-hmm. you're right yeah. and then, but that's him. he's got to do it not me yeah. right yeah and i think that's another that's a good a good little takeaway for for parents too is you need to know when when that honesty piece is called for and when just shut your boosh kind of thing because it's like i mentioned earlier it's, if it's all the time it's criticism negativity correction life lesson it's like that really gets old man that really gets old so understanding the when how to balance that and to come from a place where you're you know genuinely caring and trying to do what's best by your kid the kids kids will will feel that and understand that if you do it at the right moments they'll they'll be receptive and being able to read that is where it can be tough as a parent when to plug it in when to just shut up um because it's like i don't know i don't have kids but from all the conversations we have it's it's like you said before about talking with your kids sometimes they don't want to they don't want advice man they just want to complain about what they're complaining about or they just want to bitch about what happened last time or whatever and you have to be able to to navigate that as a parent because I, I remember that being a kid too like I, i'm not that far out of the game where i, I remember i i'm not looking for it, the you to fix my problem you know it's just today i need today to just the coach is just it. a jerk and i hate him and I, yeah he's a jerk and i hate him don't have to solve That's the it. problem don't have to solve the problem right you know? so I think that's uh, I think that's pretty good. So just maybe as a little a little summary, because we're gonna have like I said another what five episodes of this where we'll get we'll start to get into like the details of some of the topics that everybody asks about. And uh, and if you want and if you guys have questions about this, this is why we have that membership thing, right? For the, those consults that people um, can reach out and talk about their specific situations, because most of the things we're gonna say are just gonna be general. But if you have like a speci- more specific question about a specific circumstance or whatever, and and you need uh, advice that's more tailored to that, that's why we have those those options for you guys. But maybe as a as a little summary to tee up kind of the rest of the series, the idea as a parent is like you want to help guide the development process number one, without being overbearing and trying to balance it the right way, and then you want to try to recognize some red flags along that path to know if is this even worth doing, on the one hand. Or red flags in terms of, is this not a great environment for the kid to be in? On the other hand, if they really want to be able to succeed, is this a good environment f- to help them, you know, succeed and, and, and reach their goals? And then the other it's balancing that with teaching them to handle circumstances that they're going to face in life later on if they don't end up being a hockey player, because most of them, like we said, are not going to be hockey players at all. Zero. 
So if they walk out of the game with no ability to handle adversity or no ability to deal with a coach that sucks or no ability to get through a, a difficult situation, then that's not good either. And as a, as a parent, I think that's kind of a good summary to tee up the rest of the, the, the series because at the end of the day, like you say all the time, nobody knows who will make it and who won't. There are kids that seem like a shoe in for sure. They're making it. They're the best that don't even get a sniff. And there's kids that like Matt Martin that you said would never, you'd never think this guy is doing anything. So, and they go on to be the guy. When we say nobody knows, like nobody knows. Nobody. Nobody knows. You don't know who's going to make it. And like, you can pretty much say Mary Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby are going to make it. And I mean, like that's, you're not probably too wrong, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's a lot more to it than just playing too. Right. But I, I would say like in that last piece, I think one of the first red flags that go up is as a parent is when you're a lot more emotionally invested in the outcomes of a games or your son's performance. When you're losing it and they're not, that's probably like one of the first red flags. You know, I think it might, it might be taken. You might be taken a little bit more seriously than your kids, which isn't fair to the kid. No, you can look at it and say, well, I'm spending money. Well, then you just have a talk and say, you know what? Your effort seems to be low in comparison to the amount of money and travel and time we're putting into this. That might be a fair statement because you don't just spend money on your kid for no reason. But when when you're emotionally losing sleep and that's all you ever talk about, then you're probably, that's a first red flag. Yeah, for sure. As a parent anyways. Cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on as like a an intro or anything before we close it out? Extra, extra or intro? Oh, well, I guess extra. 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 Yeah. No. No. I. I think. I think we're good. Um. Yeah. The the red flags. It's just like. I think the most important thing here is that you, you understand why you why your kids are playing sports or why what your role is there. Your role is to to support them. Your role is to give them. You know, it'll help you be a good parent, but it's so that they learn make some friends, all the fun stuff and keeping it fun. And then once it presents itself that there, maybe there's some something there, then it's guiding and, but not freaking out about it because at the end of the day, very few make it. And that's not to be negative. Very, very few make it. It's just, a, it's, it is what it is. And you want the memories of this to be good ones. You know, I've seen, I've seen parents or kids have a hate on for their mom or their dad because they were so intense about a freaking hockey game, man, where the parents were just that much more intense than the kids. So I think it's just really healthy to enjoy watching your kids play sports and, and, you know, little life lessons along the way. If you can teach it, it's great, but there's so many benefits to, to playing sports. It's just don't get caught up in the performance and having unreal expectations for your kids. Yep. You know? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So the, Next episode we're going to do is called The Pressures of Parenting. That's going to be episode two. So we're going to tackle a bunch of different topics, uh, just to name a couple because I have them written right here. When do we jump to AAA or move up a level? Training, skill development, spring hockey, structure of the system, agents, cost, social pressure, and balancing life. Those are some things we're going to talk about second episode, just to give you guys a little preview. And uh, hopefully you guys like this. I hope it ends up being helpful. So we'll wrap her up there. And see y'all next week.